Chapter Fifteen of That Lassa Lowry's by Francis Hodgson Burnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A discovery. The first time that Joan appeared at the night school, the men and girls looked up from their tasks to stare at her and whisper among themselves. But she was, to all appearances, oblivious of their scrutiny, and the flurry of curiosity and excitement soon died out. After the first visit, her place was never vacant. On the nights appointed for the classes to meet, she came, did the work allotted to her, and went her way again, pretty much as she did at the mines. When in due time Annis began to work out her plan of cooperation with her, she was not disappointed in the fulfilment of her hopes. Gradually it became a natural thing for a slow and timid girl to turn to Joan Lowry for help. As for Joan's own progress, it was not long before Miss Barholm began to regard the girl with a new wonder. She was absolutely amazed to find out how much she was learning, and how much she had learned, working on silently and by herself. She applied herself to her tasks with a determination which seemed at times almost feverish. "'I mun learn,' she said to Annis once. "'I will,' and she closed her hand with a sudden nervous strength. Then again there were times when her courage seemed to fail her, though she never slackened her efforts. "'Dost thou think,' she said, "'dost thou think as I could ever learn as much as thou knows thy sen? "'Dost thou think a working lass ever did learn as much as a lady?' "'I think,' said Annis, "'that you can do anything you try to do.' By very slow degrees she had arrived at a discovery which a less close observer might have missed altogether, or at least only arrived at much later in the day of experience. Annis's thoughts were moved in this direction, the night that Derrick slipped into that half-soliloquy about Joan. She might well be startled. This man and woman could scarcely have been placed at a greater distance from each other, and yet those half-dozen words of Fergus Derrick's had suggested to his hearer that each, through some undefined attraction, was veering toward the other. Neither might be aware of this, but it was surely true. Little as social creeds influenced Annis, she could not close her eyes to the incongruous, the unpleasant features of this strange situation. And besides, there was a more intimate and personal consideration. Her own feeling toward Fergus Derrick was friendship at first, and then she had suddenly awakened and found it something more. That had startled her too, but it had not alarmed her till her eyes were opened by that accidental speech of Derrick's. After that she saw what both Derrick and Joan were themselves blind to. Setting her own pain aside, she stood apart and pitied both. As for herself, she was glad that she had made the discovery before it was too late. She knew that there might have been a time when it would have been too late. As it was, she drew back, with a pang to be sure, but still, she could draw back. "'I have made a mistake,' she said to herself in secret, but it did not occur to her to visit the consequences of the mistake upon any other than herself. The bond of sympathy between herself and Joan Lowry only seemed to increase in strength. Meeting oftener, they were knit more closely and drawn into deeper faith and friendship. With Joan, emotion was invariably an undercurrent. She had trained herself to a stubborn stoicism so long, and with such determination, that the habit of complete self-control had become a second nature, and led her to hold the world aloof. 
it was with something of a secret wonder that she awoke to the consciousness of the fact that she was not holding annie's bar home aloof and that there was no necessity for doing so she even found that she was being attracted toward her and was submitting to her influence as to a spell she did not understand at first and wondered if it would last but the nearer she was drawn to the girl the less doubting and reluctant she became there was no occasion for doubt and her proud suspiciousness melted like a cloud in the spring sunshine having armed herself against patronage and curiosity she encountered earnest friendship and good faith she was not patronized she was not asked questions she was left to reveal as much of herself as she chose and allowed to retain her own secrets as if they were her own property so she went and came to and from the rectory and from spending a few minutes in annice's room at last fell into the habit of spending hours there in this little room the books and pictures and other refinements appealed to senses unmoved before she drew in some fresh experience with almost every breath one evening after a specially discouraging day it occurred to grace that he would go and see joan and dropping in upon her on his way back to town after a visit to a parishioner who lived upon the high road he found the girl sitting alone sitting as she often did with the child asleep upon her knee but this time with a book lying close to its hand and her own it was annice's bible will you set down she said in a voice whose sound was new to him there's a chair as you can tack i conna move for fear o wackening the child i'm fain to see you to-neet he took the chair and thanked her and waited for her next words only a few moments she was silent and then she looked up at him i ha' been readin th bible she said as if in desperation i dunnot know why unless happen some and stronger nor me set me at it happen it come out a settin here with child an well query now i come reet on summat about childer that little un as he took and set i'th midst of them and then that there when he said sufferth little childer to come unto me do you say oh that's true i never thought on it before but somehow i shouldna like to think it werena nay i shouldna then after a moment's pause i never troubled me sen we read in th bible afore she went on i anna lived with bible sort but now well that theer has stirred me up if he said that if he said it is sen ah mester and the words breaking from her were an actual cry ay mester look at the little un here i munnot go wrong i munnot if he said it is sen he felt his heart beat quick and his pulses throb here was the birth of a soul here in his hands perhaps lay the rescue of two immortal beings god help him he cried inwardly god help him to deal rightly with this woman he found words to utter and uttered them with courage and with faith what words it matters not but he did not fail joan listened wondering and in a passion of fear and belief she clasped her arms about the child almost as if seeking help from it and wept i munnot go wrong she said over and over again how could i hold the little un back if he said he said as she mun come if it's true as he said that i'll believe o'er threats and listen to you forbid them not nay but i wunnot i couldna ha heart 
End of chapter 15